Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Hey, are you done yet? We're to start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the left of Sanderson, to Orr! Orr from the Boston Bruins! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are short-handed. Ray Bork. fans welcome to the black and gold prospect podcast episode nine we're recording on december 17th 2019 and this episode nine as i mentioned is brought to you by betonline.ag use code clns50 get yourself a free account do some betting win some money send it to me and tim and speaking of tim tim richardson is my co-host and he's here every week we this is actually our hat trick um episode because it's the first time we've done three straight episodes of the prospect podcast is that right tim yeah i think that's right three weeks in a row it's pretty good to uh get some continuity there yeah absolutely and between schedules and snowstorms and everything like that it's uh it's uh definitely been a treat so far so but i'm glad that we can get three in a row and hopefully we can keep uh keep that streak going um, how is everything up in Maine? I, I'm hearing you got some snow as well as I do, but I'm sure that your your uh, totals are much different than mine. Uh, it's not a lot right now. It's enough to be annoying, but it's going to continue on through till tomorrow. So we'll see. Um, 
the traveling is still quite slow here. Um, took me about almost an hour to get across town, and it usually takes about 10 minutes earlier today. So that's um, crazy. That was not fun whatsoever. Yeah, we got we got about three or four inches now, and probably the same thing. Probably gonna go right on through the night and be a pain in the ass tomorrow morning. But that is winter time. And speaking of winter time, we got some hockey to talk about. We do. So the yeah, let's start off with the American Hockey League, Providence Bruins, the top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins, uh, played in three games last week, earning four of six points in uh, in two games at the Dunkin' Donuts Center and one on the road. The Providence Club has certainly been trending in the right direction in the Atlantic Division. So let's get started and talk about the previous week's action, shall we? Absolutely. All right. So on December 11th, it was a Wednesday, a rare Wednesday evening for the Providence Bruins at the dunk. And uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in previous episodes, but it seems like the the, the Providence Bruins and the American Hockey League are trying new things and trying to split up the, the three and three weekends and trying to throw in a Wednesday game to see if it works. Um, I mean, when it comes down to the minor pro levels of hockey, you can play whenever you want as long as these guys are skating. But for me, when you look in the crowd, did you watch Wednesday's game against the Crunch? I did. did you, I mean, there was hardly anybody there. Yeah, that it's tough. I, I, with those, I know they want to change up, um, like like you said, break up those day those three and threes, but they can't be making like any more money doing it this way. It just seems like there's not a lot of people there, and obviously with not a lot of people there, um, you're not going to have as many concessions and things like that. So it seems like it would be better for them if they just kept the three and three just from a purely financial standpoint. I mean, there was less than 5,000 people there. Absolutely. And looking at the game sheet right now, the game was started at six o'clock. So it really didn't give much time for people to get, even get out of work for the nine to fivers to get to the, to the rank when, when normal games start at seven. So interesting to say the least, but this was an interesting game too, because uh, somebody that used to be on the Providence Bruins literally haunted us. So, uh, let's talk, let's talk about it. So the the, uh, the game was at Dunkin' Donuts Center, as mentioned, on Wednesday, December 11th, and this was not a good affair at all. The Providence Bruins get on the board very quickly at the 2:33 mark of the fir- uh, the second period. Sorry, there was no scoring in the first. Trent Frederick gets his third of the season from Yona Kapanen and Ryan Fitzgerald, and then that was it. A it was the Jimmel Smith um, um, show. Shortly after that, came back into Providence, uh, this time with the Syracuse Crunch, the affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and really gave it to the Providence Club, uh, scoring a hat trick. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, Dan Vladar got the loss in net, stopping 20 of 22. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was really not much. I mean, he was the, he was the show and definitely the, the first star of the game. Trent Frederick takes the third star honors. Um, and where we go from there, Tim? Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of a, just a, it was a poor showing overall. Uh, It was nice that they scored first, but they weren't able to really, um, keep that up. And something that we talked about is, um, they take a lot of penalties and they took four penalties this game. And the first Smith goal was on the power play and that tied it up. 
And then, uh, so that's, it's really hard when you're giving up. I mean, you're on the power play, you're on the penalty kill, excuse me, four times. That's eight minutes. Like that's a significant amount of time uh, to be on the kill during throughout the game. So not great there. And to top it off, they were over five on the power play themselves. So the, the special teams weren't really there for them. Uh, it's nice to see Jamel Smith doing well. Unfortunately, it's against uh, Providence. Uh, he was really good for them last year. He, when he once he was traded uh, to Boston and then sent down to Providence, he was almost a point per game last year for Providence. So um, it's cool that he's doing well here with Syracuse. It's just unfortunate that it came at our expense, I guess. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, and right when the the special teams were playing well, they come into this game and um, and didn't do anything at all on the power play, as you mentioned. So uh, it was a tough one, uh, but the next two were certainly much better. Um, starting uh, on December 14th, this was a Saturday night affair at the Mass Mutual Center against the Springfield Thunderbirds, and the Providence Bruins walk away with a five to four victory. Uh, starting off, uh, old friend Tommy Cross scores his fourth in the first period at the five minute mark. Um, and shortly after that, 45 seconds later, Jack Sidnika gets his 11th on the shorthand, which was unassisted. Tommy Cross haunts the team again. What is up with these, these former Bruins uh, coming back and playing so well against us? I mean, it's like they have an axe to grind or something. My exactly. We, we'll definitely talk about Tommy Cross and, and his not-so-good effort uh, coming back to the dunk uh, to, uh, the next game. But we'll get to that later because I'm not too happy with that character. But anyway, uh, yeah, Tommy Cross goes on the power play. Trent Frederick uh, gets his fourth at the 14:56 mark of the first period. And that was on the shorthanded so the, the uh, special teams are kicking up a notch in this game. Robert Lantosi in the second period at the 151 mark scores his seventh from Trent Frederick and Peter Solarik. And the Thunderbirds get the uh, go-ahead goal. Um, I'm sorry, the tying goal uh, at the 204 mark. And the Providence Bruins get the go-ahead goal, I meant, for, at 4-3. to three. In the second period at the 11:27 mark of the of the second, I said that already from Peter Solarik, his eighth from Robert Lantoshi and Stephen Camper. That was on the power play, and in the over, it ended up at four to four at the end of the third period. Going into overtime, Captain Paul Carey scores his eight uh, his thirteenth of the season at the 135 mark of the extra session, uh, assisted by Jack Sedica and Jakobs Morrill. And the Providence Bruins end up winning, like I said, five to four. A man, Max Legacy uh, saved twenty-four of twenty-eight shots. Uh, decent game, very offensive. Um, and the, the the this particular game and the game on Wednesday, there really weren't that many penalties, but that's probably setting up for for our next discussion. But um, this was a much better effort. Um, on the road, the, the the Providence Bruins have been fantastic on the road, probably one of the better teams on the road. So, um, yeah, your thoughts on this game, sir? Yeah, there was a few things. Uh, I really liked that they came out um, 
just firing shots away. They had 50 shots on goal total for the game, which is they almost doubled up Springfield, which is something you want to see, especially coming off a tough loss like they had against Syracuse. Um, and that's kind of – that's really nice to see. The Providence Bruins, we all know, are a very young team. Um, to see them bounce back from that 4-1 loss and to come in to Springfield and beat the Thunderbirds like they did. They went down early, but they came back. Then they went down again and came back. So they fought hard this game. And I, it's something that I really like to see. Um, again, they, the shorthanded goals were great. Um, I believe they now have a league leading 10 shorthanded goals on the season, which is insane. They just seem to play really well uh, on the penalty kill offensively. And then something I'd like to note, too, is Trent Frederick. He had a goal and assist. Ever since they've been uh, kind of experimenting with him on the wing a little bit, his offensive game has really come alive over the last few weeks. I mean, he's now uh, got four goals on the year, um, and then he registered his ninth assist of the season this game. So it's really good to see that uh, his offensive game is kind of flourishing there. Yeah, and these two teams absolutely hate each other, too. The cross-state rivals, uh, they play each other either – last year they played each other 12 times. This year they played each other 13 times. So it's kind of split between the home and homes. But, uh, yeah, these, these they do not have a good taste in their mouths for each other at all. And that was definitely uh, exemplified in the, uh, the next game we're going to talk about. Unless you have something else you want to bring up on this Saturday Night Affair. Um, I mean, I can say that I also dislike Springfield for a few reasons. First, they used to be the Portland Pirates. They moved to Springfield, and so that still grinds my years. I miss the Pirates. Also, I keep wanting to call them the Springfield Falcons because the old team that used to be in Springfield was the Falcons. So I keep wanting to call them that instead of the Thunderbirds. So they just annoy the heck out of me. There you go. <laughs> I knew that. I knew you. I, that's why I set you set you right up for that one. TG up, buddy. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're moving on to the Sunday game at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. The 305 start on December 15, 2009. The Providence Bruins beat the bag out of the Springfield Thunderbirds 5 to nothing. Let's get started on talking about these goals because they were awesome. And we will definitely talk about these special teams because it's just getting better and better. But in the first period at the 6-11 marks, Jeremy Lawson scores his first of the season, which is awesome, uh, assisted by Alex Petrovic. Um, Jakobs Borrell gets his second goal at the 18-42 mark of the first period, closing the first frame from Trent Frederick and Jurho Vakaninen. The uh, second period, the 9-18 mark, Jackson Nika, Gets his 12th of the season, uh, assisted by Trent Frederick, power play goal. So here we go. This is going to start uh, the series of power play goals because of what happened in the second period. And we will definitely talk about that in a moment. At the 10 minute and one second mark, Paul Carey scores his 14th from Robert Lantoshi and Peter Solarik. And to end the game in the third period, um, Oscar Steen scores his fourth at the 32nd mark of the third from Stephen Kampfer and Peter Shalarik on the power play. So that's three straight power play goals. 
and uh, definitely tell you why two of those at least uh, happened um, because of uh, old friend and now foe, big time. I have no respect for this guy anymore. Tommy Cross uh, gets 10 minutes for a match penalty check to the head of um, Cameron Hughes and Cameron Hughes had to be taken off the ice after he wasn't on the ice fully not moving he was kneeling down on the ice uh, something happened not sure there's no confirmation if he had a concussion or anything like that yet not that I know of anyway but regardless it was, it was a cheap shot he was thrown out of the game and uh, but uh, hopefully uh, Cameron is is okay but um, the Providence Bruins come out uh, with a 5 nothing shutout. Uh, Dan Vladar, unbelievable. This kid, a 42-save shutout. He, he's, been, he's played in four games since returning from a high ankle sprain and is 4-2 and two in, the, in those games. But more notably, in those four games, he has two shutouts. He has a 0.98 goals against average and a uh, 0.955 save percentage in those four games. This kid is impressive. And I listen to the perfection pod um, that Billy Jaffe and Pluto Jinzawa and um, Joey McDonald do for The Athletic uh, every week. They do a fantastic program. And uh, Joey Mack was down there. Uh, scouting the, the 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 kids it was it was a Sunday afternoon game for him and he had nothing to do so he went down there and just uh, and uh, talked and uh, mentioned uh, in an interview with Dan Vladar that um, that uh, Bob Asenza and um, goalie coach Mike Dunham during the six weeks that he was out of action and on the shelf with a high ankle sprain that they were showing him videos of different goaltenders and stuff like that to try things differently. Obviously, that tutelage that was brought onto him in that time frame while he was out is working because he is just a different goaltender. Um, I don't know if you've seen the same thing, Tim, but if you want to elaborate on what you've seen the past four games from Dan Vladar, it's been very surprising. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's almost looked like a, a different goaltender net uh it's it he seems more confident with his movement um and his movement in net and in the crease everything seems um more calculated and like everything that he's doing there's a reason for it um he was more if i felt like before this whole injury and this streak that he's been on that he seemed more erratic with his movement um kind of in the crease and it every movement didn't necessarily have a reason for it. It's kind of it was almost like he was moving just to move there. And this, I mean, he looks great. He looks fantastic. He he's definitely been working on it um, and working hard, and it's paying off major dividends for the team. Um, I mean, he had 42 saves in this game and uh was great and i mean this was an ugly game all around in terms of the chippiness and you said the teams hate each other earlier i mean this was this was pretty bad this um, is definitely a carryover from pre on, on saturday night because yes. uh, it, it, it looked if you look at the penalties on the scorecard uh, on saturday night it was it was it was about half of what i'm looking at right now i mean i can definitely see 
probably 20 penalties right now that, that, that the team went back and forth on. It looks pretty even, more or less. Uh, maybe the home team took a, uh, some more penalties than the visiting team, but still it's just it – was, it was very chippy. Um, face washes after the, after the whistles when the goaltenders, um, you know, trap the puck, uh, big hits. Um, you know, when you target the head – of a, of a player, a well-known player, you, you're going to receive a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stuff like that. So, and, and deservingly so, I think that Tommy was was going in for a clean hit, and then uh, Cameron Hughes was kind of like ducking a little bit, but um, uh, Cross put the chicken wing out to make sure that he got contact somewhere in the body, but unfortunately, it was it was to the head. So. Yeah, and that's you don't like to see that. I mean, there was 94 penalty minutes total uh, in the game, which is insane. Like that's an, like I know it's minor league hockey. In minor league hockey, you see a lot of penalties, but 94 penalty minutes is a lot. Um, but overall, Dan Dan Vladar looks fantastic, and I hope he keeps it up. Um, he hasn't really showed any signs of uh, letting up recently. Um, and it was also nice to see that uh, Lausanne and Zboro got on the board uh, to see them get goals. It's nice to see them kind of get their offensive game going. Frederick had two points. It's nice to see him stay hot. And, of course, uh, Studnika, seeing him stay hot with his point totals. And then it was really nice to see Oscar Steen get that uh, power play goal in the third as well. Um, maybe he can get on a little bit of a run himself. Absolutely. And – before we get on to the uh, conversation about the upcoming week schedule, let's talk about the our show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Hockey, football, and basketball seasons are in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college ball or professional football and hockey, of course. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through into the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as the next coach that gets fired in the NHL, uh, who scores the next hat trick, uh, who will make the college football playoffs, who will be the NFL MVP. Get the fastest two-market odd updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline.ag today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. So, um, the upcoming games, uh, actually, so after 30 games so far in the 2019-20 American Hockey League regular season, the Providence Bruins have an 18-9-1-2 record with 39 points and second place in the Atlantic Division and third place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Bruins improved to, to a record of 7-6-0-1-1 at home and 11-3-1-1 on the road. That is awesome. The American Hockey League team from the state of Rhode Island is 8-2-1-0 in their last 10 games and currently on a two-game winning streak. Uh, and the upcoming games uh, have the Providence Bruins traveling to Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins to play them in Pennsylvania and on Wednesday, December 18th. Then they play the same team again on Friday, December 20th. 
and uh, head to Hartford on the 21st of December. That's a Saturday. And uh, might as well just talk about the rest of the games of the month because they're not coming home. But they, uh, they also play Springfield and Hartford again on the 28th, and that's it for the 2019 year. Only five games. I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, only five games left in 2019. Um, you know, what's weird, and I, I think we've touched on it several times in previous episodes, is this is normally the time where we see this Providence Bruins club turn it around and, and really start making their stamp uh, towards the Calder Cup playoffs. But this season, their uh, exceptional play. And I'm not saying it's been perfect. It's been a roller coaster ride, but this club has been more or less at the top of the Atlantic Division for a majority of this part of the season. So I think they're going to be looking really good going into 2020 and even better, um, just just paving their way and plowing everybody uh, to the call of the cup playoffs and hopefully uh, a second round maybe a third round and maybe even a call of the cup championship, which would be certainly nice for that area. Yeah, it would be great. And like you said, um, it's something that they've last year around this time, it was the end of December last year. And then uh, all of January this year. And then a part of February where they went on that really long run where they had like, I think it was like a 14 game point streak going yeah, on. I, mem- I remember that. Yeah, it was great and they were playing fantastic. And so uh, that w- that really pushed them towards the playoffs. And this year, I mean, to start the year, I don't think they've d- dipped below fourth um, in the division, which is that magic number f- to make the playoffs. Uh, remember, playoffs work a little bit differently in the AHL where the top four teams of each division make it, uh, regardless of your conference standing. So – this is something that they've they've been in playoff position all year, and that's what you want to see. And I think I think they're pretty poised uh, to uh, strike and move forward. They've scored a lot of goals. Their offense is clicking really well. Uh, Vladar has come back like a man possessed. Uh, Legacy's had a great year all around. So they really have uh, the core. And, I mean, the only thing that it seems like could derail them is if injuries happen. That's yes. the only thing I could, that could really derail this team. Uh, they're, they're learning to win. Uh, they're able to put losses behind them and come back with some big victories after the fact. So they're doing everything you want to see a young team do. Absolutely. And, and notably, is, is, is they got to get past that first round, which is so tough. If you're not in that first position, you don't get the home ice. And, and the home ice is so different in a, in a best-of-five series. That's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is the first, the first series, playoff series in, in, in the AHL is a best-of-five and not best-of-seven. So, and after that, it goes the second, third, and fourth rounds are all best-of-seven. So, um, yeah, yeah, the best – I think that's what got them kind of screwed against um, Charlotte last year was, was they, they only had one chance to get um, a home game in, even though they weren't – I think they were better uh, at home than they were on the road last year. This year it's different. They're better on the road than they are at home. Yeah, you're right. The, the, best, of, the best of five is tough. It's because 
in a short series like that, it, it happens in baseball all the time because first round of the baseball playoffs is also a best of five. Anything can happen in that time, like literally anything. A short series, you only need a goalie to get hot for three games. Uh, you only need a player to get hot for a couple games, and it completely turns the series on its head. And I, that's kind of what happened with Charlotte. I forgot who it was, but they had one guy in that series who had three or four goals last year. Um, so it, it, that stuff can happen in the short series. It would be really nice for Providence to move on, especially, like you said, for the area. I mean, the, there's not a ton of minor league sports in Rhode Island, and one of the teams they do have uh, in Pawtucket, the Red Sox, are moving. Yeah, so, to Worcester. <laughs> to Worcester. So, like, it would be nice. It would be nice for Providence to uh, bring home uh, some bragging rights for Rhode Island. Absolutely. And before we move on to the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators, I just want to touch on a few things. I'm not sure if you said this, Tim. I apologize if you did, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Paul Carey has two goals in his last two games. He's got five goals in his last six. Um uh, since returning from a two-game stint in the NHL with the Boston Bruins, Jack Sinica snapped the three-game pointless streak uh, over the weekend and, and now has uh, points in two straight games um, and, and goals in, in two straight games. Peter Solarik has points in the last two games, and Robert Lantoshi, the rookie out of the Czech Republic, uh, has points in the last two games too. So uh, we're getting scoring from committee, which is, is really good, and, and it's very positive moving forward. And that's what you need to do to close out playoff series. Absolutely it is. All right. So let's jump. We're going to do it. This is going to kind of be a little faster show than normal because the fact is that we're not going to be talking about the NCAA unless you, unless you research something, Tim. I could not find anything. I believe everybody, most of the NCAA are on their holiday break uh, or finals. So uh, we're just gonna we're gonna just truck right through here with the information that we did get from the minor pro levels and uh, development levels of the Boston Bruins. Yeah, there was there was uh, not much to report on, as you said, with that uh, on the NCAA front. So yeah, so the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators, the Gladiators played in three games last week, earning two of possible six to help them climb the South Division standings. Uh, Atlanta beat the Greenville Swamp Rabbits 3-1 to one to start the week, but the next two contests, they lost 4-3 to three to visiting Jacksonville Iceman and 3-2 to two on the road to the Norfolk Admirals. The Glads have another three-game set coming up this week, starting on Wednesday, December 18th, against the Florida Everblades, then travel to Jacksonville on Friday, December 20th, then finishing up the week's action at home against the visiting Orlando Solar Bears on Saturday night, December 21st. Notable Glads players under AHL Bruins contracts. These are not these are not Boston Bruins prospects, but they deserve to be mentioned. Uh, forward Samuel Asseline had a goal uh, last Wednesday night, which was his ninth of the year, and has 17 points in 15 games. Forward Scott Conway had a goal and a helper last Friday night, giving him 10 points in 11 games. Bruins prospect. Goaltender Kyle Kaiser was assigned to Atlanta from the NHL Boston Bruins club after spending a decent amount of time on the shelf with an upper body injury. His return to the crease was less than impressive in his first career East Coast Hockey League game, giving up four goals on 22 Jacksonville shots. 
Uh, I'd expect him to be much better in the upcoming week as he continues to work his way back to full health uh, and a regular playing schedule. Um, yeah, so um, Kyle w was was brought down, and uh, and to be honest, and I'm not, we we're never downing a team or an organization that's that's uh, affiliated with the Boston Bruins, but sometimes these uh, the East Coast Hockey League is not the it's it's not the greatest hockey for. Um, great talent. I mean, there are they're way better than we are. I could definitely say that. But um, sometimes when you put a goaltender like Kyle in there, so young, um, and and a defense that is is a little shaky and not very good, uh, you're going to give up opportunities like this and and giving up four goals like that in his first game is a little tough. But once he gets accustomed to the to the uh, the whole style and the and the speed of the game and so on. I think he'll be back on track. Um, a lot of people are asking me lately, uh, do you see Kaiser coming up? And I said, I, I honestly don't. In these four-game stretches that I've seen Dan Vladar, I don't think so. I think we have our lock uh, for the goaltending 1A, 1B moving forward with Max Agassi and, and Dan Vladar. So I think it would be beneficial for Kyle to stay down in the American Hockey in, um, in the East Coast League and, uh, and just get as much pucks on him as possible see as much rubber as he can and then next year um, regardless of what happens to Max Legacy because he's on a one-year deal he might be able to slot into that spot and then it will be a, a possible Vladar uh, Kaiser um, Providence Bruins 2020-21 year so um, as we sit right now on Tuesday December 17th the double a minor pro affiliate of the NHL's Boston Bruins sit in the fifth spot in the South Division with a 11-12-0 record with 22 points in 17 games and 5-5-0 in the last 10 games. So any thoughts on, uh, on Kaiser? Did you happen to see any of his action? Um, I saw some of it. I didn't get to see a lot. But um, I, I agree with you that I think that the East Coast Hockey League is probably the best place for him right at this moment in time. Uh, getting... Getting the shots is important. We've talked about it with uh, Swayman at Maine, how it's been really important to his development that because Maine's kind of a bad team, that he's getting a ton of shots and seeing a ton of shots. It's important. He's coming back from injury as well. Uh, I think this is the best place for him to see those shots. And I think spending the rest of the year there can only help. You don't – with a young player – uh, like that, you don't want to push them too far, too early on, because you can really stunt the development of a player if you try to push them into a certain spot. So I think just having him play in the ECHL, see the shots, and just not put any pressure on him is the best way to start out his uh, professional career right now. And yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, and and just to uh, to add a few things about the World Juniors that are happening at the end of this month and into uh, the beginning part of the 2020 season or calendar year, um, the uh, John Beecher and uh, Curtis Hall from Yale and Beecher, obviously from uh, uh, University of Michigan. Uh, both in camp right now, preliminary roster camp in Plymouth, Michigan. And that started yesterday, uh, December 16th, and it's going to today too, and I believe tomorrow. And then uh, they'll take the holiday break 
and then they'll get right back at it for the Boxing Day um, festivities in uh, Ostrava and Trinec, uh Czech Republic. Uh, good news out of Providence, though, is the, um, the health of Jakob Lauko uh, and his concussion issues that he has passed through concussion protocol uh, with flying colors and just in time for him to take off to Czech Republic, his home, his home nation, to participate in, uh, in the games over there in the 2020 uh, World Junior Championships. So uh, good news for that. He was really excited. We talked about it last week, about how Mark Diver interviewed him and how much, of a, how much of a smile he had on his face. He was really excited to go. And then this accident happened with the, uh, the, uh, the concussion. So good on him. Um, and I think that's pretty much all we have. I'm not sure if there's anything else that we needed to bring up. No, I think that's everything. I'm just, I'm really stoked for Lauko. I think I am really excited that he's able to go and play in front of his home country and represent his country just because of how excited he was. So it's nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any, I'm, I'm sure there's probably going to be a lot of uh, a lot of people, uh, especially Bruins-related folks that are that are over and um, that are scouting over there. PJ Axelson, more notably, uh, he's a North American and Swedish scout, so I'm sure that he'll be over there um, checking things out. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the games, but uh, we'll have a little bit more information on that um, moving forward, and, and when the preliminary rosters get cut down to their final 23 before they head over to the Czech Republic. We'll update you on that as well. But um, just kind of a short and sweet show today, guys. It was just uh, just we lost about three or four topics uh, with um, uh, NCAA being shut down uh, due to the holiday break. So we'll definitely get back on that uh, at the beginning of the year once the um, World Juniors are over. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So. Uh, from uh, myself, Mark Allred, and uh, my awesome co-host, Tim Richardson, we want to thank you very much for tuning in to the uh, Black and Gold Prospect Podcast, Episode 9. We're moving forward. And I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in. First and foremost, uh, the support has been outstanding. Got another awesome review that I forgot to, uh, kind of a shit show today, running around with work and trying to get home to get things done in the snow. But um, we will get... Um, everything up to date on, uh, on, on the kind words that have been passed forward to us on the job that we're doing here at the Black and Gold uh, Hockey Podcast. And uh, so thank you very much. Uh, thank you to our Patreon members. If you guys want to tune in or, or help out on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Donate a dollar per episode. Uh, be eligible to win a t-shirt. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. So thank you very much, everybody. And, uh, and if we don't, we, we, we will be back this, this next week, but if we don't happen to, you know, to, to get in your ears, we just want to wish you guys a, a very happy, happy holiday to your family and friends. So be safe. So thank you very much again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockey 
blog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at Black and Gold Pod. Peace out.